Hello and welcome to another edition of the Not The Top 20 podcast. It's George and Ali running through all the goings on across the EFL. And we've had some exciting news. A lot of you will have seen over the last week the emergence of the Not The Top 20 website. That is ntt20.com. So why not get that up while you're listening to us? George, you set up the website this week. You did the majority of the work on that. So we'll throw over to you. Uh, Talk to me about... Uh, you know what it's like to set up a website, what we're trying to achieve, and, and what's on there at the moment. Yeah, it's good. I'm, I'm no like technical whiz, so I'm very sorry if, if there are any glitches there. But I think it looks quite nice. It looks quite smart. Um, at the moment, it's all pretty basic. We've got a link to the podcast at the top right hand corner, which takes you to our SoundCloud page. Then we have the uh, blog, which we're going to hopefully kind of quite regularly update and keep the latest goings on um, from the EFL. So at the moment, we're running a um, series which I'm writing the top 10 best young British managers, young being 45 years of age and under, and the top 10 based on my own opinion alone, um, not much else, which I think may have irked some Bristol City fans. Yeah, I think it, you've not set particularly um, tight parameters, and I think that's good, and it gives you scope to, to write um, fairly freely, and, um, and it's not just about sort of current ability or, or how they've done this season, is it? No, not at all. So it's, it's everything based on, I, I think, looking at it more from a potential point of view. So someone who, who has achieved a great deal uh, won't necessarily be higher than someone like Johnson who has achieved very little. It's lo- looking at kind of their ethos and their philosophy, how they approach the game, how they speak, the players they sign, the football they play, and trying to work out which of those managers will therefore have more chance of being successful higher up the pyramid. It's, it's very difficult to... Uh to try and predict a manager's potential there's so much uh, there's so much that hinges on on success and otherwise definitely and I think part of it as well whilst it is a series um, ranking them I think I'm hoping that it makes interesting reading just enlightening about their careers about who they are about the kind of football they play and about stuff in their, in their past as well for example number 8 on the list Jim Bentley, Jim Bentley yeah. was a, a classic love a story a classic love story exactly between <laughs> pair and club um, and also talking about interesting things like um, there was a bucket collection for the other day to pay his fine, uh, and he responded by buying all the fans' pies. Very um, nice. Nice bits and bobs like that. Very, very nice. And um, what else was I going to say? Yeah, so so stay tuned uh, for the seven remaining picks. George is, is spending a lot of time making these really good, so please go and have a read of that. Share, share them widely uh, if you enjoy the pieces. Uh, we've had them retweeted so far by Morecambe and also by Stevenage. So clearly, uh, clearly the clubs themselves are going to agree when their manager is being bigged up. But um, but nice to have got some positive feedback there, uh, and there'll be plenty more uh, on the site. We're sort of I'm not going to say making it up as we go along, but we we wanted to get the site up and running so that we could crack on. But you know we're still adding to it, we're still tinkering with it, Definitely. and um, I'm still working out what I'm going to bring to the table. <laughs> George, a far more uh, prolific writer, but I've. I've got some words in me as well, so um, I'll, I'll be um, I'll be working out, you know, how best to, to bring something interesting to the table, and uh, and so please do, uh, you know, bookmark ntt20.com and, and keep checking back for for written versions, basically of, of, of the type of thing we talk about on here. And I think in, in the summer it should be interesting as well. We'll try and keep it up to date with either there's a transfer rumor going on. We'll scout the player and, and give people kind of an insight into what they're like. You know, we'll do manager profiles and things like that. So it should keep the EFL kind of train 
chugging along. Well, we're, um, we're, 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 we're going to um, George and I are actually going to Poland in the summer. It's exclusive, a, that. Uh, that is an exclusive. Yeah, for a long weekend uh, following England under twenty ones at the at their European um, Championships. We're going to the games against uh, Sweden and against Slovakia, and obviously there's a lot of EFL players involved uh, with the England under twenty ones, and I'm sure that there will be some popping up around the, the, the rest of that tournament. So we'll be there giving you sort of uh, live updates, if you will, um, using our own eyes, and, and uh, we're going to have a, a pretty good time as well. So uh, that's exciting news website-wise and, and summer plans-wise. And we'll get straight into the, 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 the meat and drink now, um, starting at the Championship, George, where we've spoken a million times already about how it's uh, it's done the top 2 and um you know the only interesting thing now is uh, is who wins the title i think it i think it matters a lot to these two teams uh brighton have been the the class team in this division now for 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 2 years uh very unlucky not to have gone up last year and i think it would be a real um a real sort of a way for them to feel hugely confident moving upwards to to overcome newcastle who themselves um, you know they they expect to be dominant and therefore they would expect to win the league as well. I mean Brighton went clear on the weekend thanks to Sheffield Wednesday beating Newcastle. Do you think that do you think that that might be the way it ends up or do you see Newcastle um, finishing on top? I think they'll probably end up like this. I I don't think they'll drop many more points now. Um, the the any wobbles they've had I think even due to the pressure of possibly falling away, that pressure is all but gone now. I mean if, if Huddersfield do win their game in hand. On Newcastle, they are seven points behind, which isn't you know, it's not. But then with a bad goal difference, it's it's really kind of a case of of, of who wins the league now. I think um, I think Brighton probably do deserve it. I think Newcastle have had too many games where they just haven't really shown up, uh, and have obviously been punished for for a slow start where they were beaten in their first two games. So uh, it's not particularly interesting. I mean, for both sets of fans, obviously the the, the title is a huge um, prize, but at the same time, I think come August next season when they're playing. Premier League football, no one's going to really care about these five weeks. Both teams were, were fairly well represented at last night's EFL Awards um, and the Player of the Year for the Championship went to Anthony Knockhart. Uh, he beat uh, Dwight Gale and Chris Wood to that uh, achievement. What are your what are your reactions to that? Do you agree with that? Are you, are you okay with that decision? Yeah, I think it's fair enough. Um, uh, Gale possibly could feel a bit kind of hard done by but he hasn't played that much recently so mm. I think Knockhart has been the kind of focal part of that team the, the creative genius and the person who's scored enough goals and, and created enough goals to find them to the top of the table I think I mean he wasn't even in the team of the season but I think Matt Ritchie is someone else who could have a real claim for that mm. playing a very similar role for Newcastle um, yeah I think it's only right that the um, there are lots of players who play for clubs in, elsewhere in the league who aren't going to um, achieve automatic promotion and I'm of the belief that really it should go to a, a player who, who has achieved a promotion and will achieve a prize because at the end of the day, they've been, you know, they're the people who have yeah. achieved their goals and, and done what everyone's trying to do. Absolutely. I, th- I think for me, um, you know, we, we've seen in the League, league One and League Two awards that, that mainly it's gone to goal scorers, Billy Sharp and, and, uh, and John Marquis in League Two winning the, their respective awards. And so it was interesting to me that they didn't go with, with Chris Wood, who is obviously the top goal scorer. And Dwight Gale, whose goals per minute, or rather minutes per goal, um, is uh, is quite sensational. But I think just taking away numbers, looking at the players themselves, for me, 
Uh, you can make it pretty simple if you if you basically take it like that when you've got a, a trio like that. And and I think he's the I think he's the best player out of them. Uh, I know it's difficult to compare. They play different positions, um, or at least he plays a different position to the other two. But I think he's the you know he's the the most mesmeric player in the league really. And um, I'm, I'm you know hats off to him. Hats off for for continuing to play very hard uh, um, during a, a difficult time personally for him with his father passing away I don't think for a moment that it was a, a, a vote of sympathy I think he, he fully deserved it so that is just um, further further success for Brighton and for Knockart and it's God I pronounced his name twice differently already and for Knockart I think that's how you're meant to be saying it and uh, we, we await uh, see what he can do in the, uh, well, in the Premier League it's going to be weird that we, have, we speak about him basically weekly at the moment it's going to be mm. weird that we're going to suddenly have to stop <laughs> yes, it is. It is, but we'll. Um, I think he'll be very good. We'll keep an eye yeah. on things. That, there's a, t- um, you know, is he going to be? Is he going to be Mares? Not necessarily of of last season, but maybe a sort of that that sort of that I, sort I, of player. I've got no doubt that he'll be very good. I still think there's a chance he won't be at Brighton next season. Um, I, I'm sure that there are teams um, higher up the pecking order of of kind of French football and English football who will be looking at him. Um, I'm sure he'll cost a, a, a pretty penny, but I, I think that he's got the experience and the and the quality to be successful. So. Even though he, you know, he's rightly so the player of the season, I still wouldn't be completely confident as a Brighton fan that he'll be playing in blue and white next season. Mm. I was at the awards ceremony last night in uh, in London, and I walked past Anthony Knockart and I said "Bonne chance, Anthony," and that was at the start of the night. Anthony, Anthony, yeah, he went on to uh, went on to win the award. So. Um, well, you know, we're, we're influencing yeah, things, put it that way, yeah. and that's uh, that, they may as well call it the NTT. NTT Twenty Player of the Season Award. Yes, they might as well. One thing I was I was very vocally disappointed about was um, was the winner of Goal of the Year, which went to Steve Sidwell, his teammate at Brighton, for his uh, for his goal from just behind the halfway line on his weaker foot against Bristol City. I thought it should have gone to Michael Doyle personally of Portsmouth, um, sort of volley as the ball is is headed away from a from a set piece, uh, sort of coming over his shoulder. Unbelievable connection into the top corner. Um, I, I rather belligerently was was uh, maintaining to anyone that would listen uh, that had the the Bristol City keeper managed not to trip and fall uh, that that he would have probably saved Sidwell's shot, but he didn't. Um, so I'm, fair play to Sidwell. Am I being foolish and wondering why Housen's wasn't? Housen's. Uh, so it was goal of the year for the calendar year of 2016. Right. And Housen's was scored so in be, February so be next year. So that'll be in it next year for yeah. sure. In fact, we've got our winner already. Yeah. Um, although if Shelby's Strike, um, similar similar to Sidwell's. Shelby's strike from just behind halfway, which hit the bar against Hillsborough. That really would Against Hillsborough? Against Hillsborough, <laughs> at Hillsborough. Hillsborough FC. Uh, that was a, an unbelievable bit of technique as well. Uh, we'll move down because really, um, we'll talk about the relegation battle. Let's talk about the relegation battle now. Let's mix it up a little bit. Um, it was a terrible weekend for Blackburn Rovers, George. We've... We had been impressed with their um, performances under Tony Mowbray and thought that it could be enough to, uh, to, to keep them up. And we were waiting for them to, to, to win a game and, and come out of the relegation zone. But the opposite happened. They lost at home to Barnsley 2-0. And uh, all around them, teams were winning. Nottingham Forest, Bristol City and Wigan all won. And Burton picked up a point as well to extend the gap. So, real issues now for Blackburn Rovers with uh, with five games to go. They've got to make up a four-point gap, which, and I know we always disagree about this, but, you know, when you're down there, when you're not getting many points, four points is, uh, is a big gap. And uh, this weekend, they play against, well, 
Nottingham Forest away and Bristol City at home. So this relegation battle could be all over by this time next week. Those those are huge games, George. Do you, do you see it being possible that they could maybe even pick up six points from those games? No. They're there. You know, I was the person championing Mowbray from the start, and I still think he's a decent manager, but they've just completely forgotten how to score goals. Um, there was a, there was, they went through that phase of, of getting a few draws where they were shutting up shop and keeping teams out, whereas now they're conceding a few goals and they're still not scoring. They've got to work out a way to, to get in behind. Um, Forrest are no longer the walkovers, the pushovers they once were. They've, they've done the opposite. They've learned how to shut out teams and also score goals, and they're looking very tasty under Mark Warburton. Bristol City, you just don't know who's going to show up. And I don't know who Bristol City have got on Good Friday. Um, but it's, it's, that's a huge game. Because if they win that game and they go into they go into the, into the Rovers game seven points clear. QPR at home on Good Friday. The Luke Freeman derby. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, I'm sure he won't get a great Well, reception. Holloway is a famous uh, that's true, gas well. end, isn't he? Yeah. So yeah, that's plenty true. at stake there. All sorts. Um, but, uh, yeah. I mean, if, if Bristol City can win that, which, which they... You know, QPR's form has certainly tailed off. So, I think that whilst at the moment that City Rovers game looks like it could be a six-pointer, I think come Easter Monday when they're actually facing up, I think it could already be over by then. Absolutely. Well, from our point of view and from those who are trying to frantically whip up storylines, you know, it's it's a, it's a funny one in the championship because, as discussed, the top two are, are set in stone. Uh, basically, apart from mathematically, um, and the bottom three, as as discussed, could be could be done as well pretty shortly. Wigan, so Wigan Rotherham was fun. Wigan Rotherham was uh, was like serious effort conceding three goals away at Wigan. Let's go twelve all season before that at home. Unbelievable. Rotherham, uh, ninety three goals conceded in um, forty one games. They could be should be probably reaching the century uh, by by the time that the the season is finished. Um, so basically what I'm saying is we are having to really hype up the narrative of the sixth place spot. Uh, that is currently occupied by Sheffield Wednesday, uh, who did the double over Newcastle. A really impressive win. Two goals from set pieces, grinding it out and uh, and just conceding one near the end as well. Really, really good win that for Chef Wed. Fulham won as well, so it's still super, super tight up there. And uh, really we're just waiting. We're just hoping that we can make, get it down to the final day of the season when Sheffield Wednesday host Fulham. That is going to be an absolute smasher. Um, the three teams that are sort of, well, a little bit, bit more solidified in the playoffs, although not completely locked in, Huddersfield, Reading and Leeds. They showed Leeds got the win against Preston. We'll get them out of the way first. And it was a, a great result for them, uh, but certainly rode their luck. Tom Barkhazen missing a really, really good chance early on and hitting the bar as well when it, it seemed incredible that the ball stayed out. Uh, and Leeds, to their credit, um, you know, kept at it, took their goals well and that was a, a fantastic win for them. Preston, who kept sort of flirting with a, with an unlikely late playoff surge, um, showing why they're not quite ready, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. But the other two, George, Huddersfield and Reading, in different ways, showed some real fallibility this weekend yeah well we've been saying it for a long time that we're not convinced about Reading and <laughs> the wheels fell off in the most spectacular way in a way it probably helped them you know just get all their goals shipped out shipped out in one game and then just move on probably and start winning at home again 6-1 at half time 7-1 at full time I think that's maybe a valid point some of the goals were 
so laughably bad uh, in terms of defensive mistakes that yeah. may, maybe maybe they were getting him out of the way. I mean, Ali Alhabsi is an extraordinary goalkeeper in that there's been multiple occasions this season where he has been the sole reason why Reading have won games. And yet, and yet he, he had dropped a season worth of clangers in one game. Um, they're a bizarre team. I'd still be very, very surprised if, if, they're, if they do achieve their aim of promotion. Mm. And if they do... I think I know who I'll be backing for relegation uh, next season from the Premier League. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I, I, um, I wanted to sort of throw back to something you said a few pods ago when we were discussing how Reading can be third, fourth, wherever they were at the time, with essentially a negative or a very low goal difference, which is now a negative goal difference, um, and, uh, and with sort of performance data that, that suggested they were massively sort of out, outdoing themselves, outperforming. Mm. And uh, one of the things you mentioned was uh, you can sort of you can point to players who have a, a, a higher than average ability to score from difficult situations. And I went back and looked through um, uh, Kermogant's goals, and you know, with that in mind, and uh, I certainly was sort of nodding to myself because yeah. a lot of the goals, in fact, almost all of the goals he scored this season have been well, a lot of them have been very key in terms of the result of that game for a start. So winning goals or goals to put them ahead when they've perhaps been um, a little bit on, under the cosh. Uh, but also, he's brilliant in the air, scores incredibly high difficulty headers, um, goals from range, free kicks. So I think you know, I think, I think, think a little bit more of a nod needs to go to Kermagant um, yeah. for, for, for that ability that's kept Reading so high up. And then, obviously, being 6-1 down at half-time, I'm, sure I'm not sure I've seen that before. No, it's absolutely incredible. The goal's just, just flowing in. Norwich... Getting Lovely it. hit from uh, Pritchard for the second. Yes, yeah, Pritch perfect. Um, <laughs> he, he had another good game. I'd like to see him perform more consistently next season. I think if he does, then he'll be one of the best players in the division. Yeah. And uh, and Norwich getting instant impact from uh, from newly appointed sporting director Stuart Webber, who came in from Huddersfield. Uh, we know about the new manager bounce. Well, here's a, a new <laughs> sporting director bounce. But it'll be interesting to see what he can do because Definitely. he certainly takes... Um, some of the credit for the appointment of David Wagner, a large part of the credit, in fact, and for, for being able to sell um, the vision of what we are now seeing uh, at Huddersfield to the chairman, Dean Hoyle, after a few years in the doldrums. So yeah. it will be really interesting to see what he can do with Norwich and see whether he can he can replicate the success at a club where the resources are, are there already. There'll be less work to have to you know, drum up interest or drum up uh, uh, funds that they're, they're obviously on the parachute payment still for a year or two. And it'd be very interesting to see if he can continue to, to find value uh, and um, and efficiency in the uh, in the transfer market. Yeah. And obviously we wait and see who they will appoint as manager because uh, I'm pretty confident it won't be David Wagner. So we'll see who he can find. Yeah, I think that's it. Huddersfield also showed fallibility. But I don't want to talk too negatively about them because I'd like to focus on Nottingham Forest. You, you touched on it there. That game was the main game on Football on Five on the weekend. So we're able to watch extended highlights of that. And Nottingham Forest looked like the team in third place. Huddersfield, the team down at the bottom. By which I mean Forest just out-tacticed him. I mean, who for, was it that said for, that? Allardyce, was it Allardyce? For anyone who, who listens to this pod for a long time, you'll know that Ali had something of a man crush for a while on, on a player called Conor Hurahane. Is it fair to say you've got your new man crush now? On Ben Brereton? Yeah. <laughs> Quite possibly, although you've got to be careful because he's only 17. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yes, no, uh, Ben Brereton of Forest. He actually won 
Championship Apprentice of the Year uh, last night. And I've spoken to some people who work at Nottingham Forest and they are seriously excited about this kid. Um, they definitely see him as the next one to, well, unfortunately, they see him as the next one to go for big money, as I think, really. Uh, that's the most realistic thing. But I'm sure he'll stay uh, for another season because he's getting the game time. And every game, he, he, he looks more and more comfortable. He's physically uh, already, you know, ready to play adult football, as seen by an amazing run in the first half down the right wing where he, where he sent Van La Parra to the floor uh, before delivering an unbelievable cross uh, for uh, Ward to head at the goalkeeper. But, uh, you know, wing play isn't, isn't really his thing. He was everywhere on the weekend, finding space all over the place, great awareness and composure to set up Lehigh for the first goal and uh, on another day, you know, probably would have popped up with one himself. And uh, I'm really, really excited to see how he develops because I think we've got a serious, serious player there. And, um, and, and he was part of a really impressive Nottingham Forest performance. And it wasn't just him either. They were very solid at the back. They maintained their shape, which has been such a problem for them all season, Forest. Um, and in midweek, it was, it was evident there as well. You know, they were caught on the break 20 seconds after they'd had one off the line. They conceded the goal that won it uh, in that game in in, uh, in midweek, uh, but but things were great on Saturday. They restricted Huddersfield to long shots and lumping crosses in, and I was seriously seriously impressed. It's looking like that decision to get Mark Warburton in uh, so quickly, having previously said they would stick with Gary Brazil until the end of the season, uh, is looking like definitely the right decision. They they put five points now between themselves and Blackburn Rovers, and with that game against Blackburn. Um, that could be them safe with with a, yeah. another solid performance. So well played to them. They uh, completely neutralised Huddersfield, who who had a poor game and had problems at the back. To be honest, Dean Whitehead came on and had one of the worst games I've seen from a player this season. Easy. Oxford legend. Um, but, yeah, but he slotted in at the back and just looked really all at sea. Yeah. And it, it gave Schindler the the wobbles as well because for the second goal, Schindler was favourite to win the ball that was dropping, uh, and Ward nipped in. Schindler was trying to head the ball as as Ward was scampering away with it. So um, a bit of a mess there for Huddersfield, but no doubt that Wagner will, will get them to regroup. He wasn't overreacting, that's for sure. And um, we'll see how they get on next time, George. Today, we've had a vote of confidence for Gianfranco Zola. Um, the, the Birmingham board have released a statement uh, saying that they are continuing to, to back Gianfranco, etc., etc. How worrying is that? Uh, generally and how worrying is their form I think it's great news because I mean he's probably going to leave soon um, he I just I just can't believe they'll give him a summer um, I think it would be absolute suicide to do so he, he clearly isn't the right fit I mean I've, I've had this rant so many times they normally go on a winning <laughs> run so <laughs> Brummy fans you're, you're, you're in good shape here but um, as far as I can tell I mean the, I think performances are improving possibly yeah. Um, but I'm that, not sure. But that they was were miserable starting. On, miserable on Saturday. It was starting at a very low, uh, low ebb anyway. Um, and uh, I'm, I just think that the sooner, I mean, there's there's probably no point really getting rid of him now because it'll just be caretaker charge. You'd guess there's no one really to bring in. But then they're going to be competing with the likes of Norwich to get a new manager in, and, and presumably a couple of others. Normally, a couple of managers do leave at the end of the season. Mm. Um, but they've got to act fast because. They're going to have to do a massive rebuilding job in the summer. They've got to improve their squad. Um, and I just don't think that Zola is the man to, to lead them back towards the Premier League. It's, uh, it's, it's hard to 
Yeah, it's hard to fully back him at the moment. I love Gianfranco Zola as a player and a man, uh, but take out Rotherham and they've been the worst team in the league since he joined. Yeah. That, that is a trend that simply cannot continue. Um, as you say, we will wait and see how he is backed in the summer uh, uh, with with what kind of money and with what kind of players. And, um, and just to look at the job Gary Roberts doing already at Derby as well, um, must just be quite upsetting for... For Brummie fans at yes, the moment. Yes, absolutely. Very worrying times indeed. Uh, we move down to League One now, George, and let's have a little ode to Sheffield United, who were promoted to the Championship after six seasons in League One. Chris Wilder, promoted last season with Northampton, promoted this season with Sheffield United, his hometown club. What a lovely quote he had as well, uh, in which he basically said, almost brought me to tears, he basically said, this is amazing. This is for me and my mates, basically, from mm. when, you know, harking back to when he was younger, growing up, supporting the teams. And what an amazing, what an amazing feeling that must you, be. You say when he was younger, even when he was at Oxford Manager, he made no secret about the fact that he went to Sheffield United games whenever he could um, as a fan. You know, he, he, if Oxford weren't playing, if there was a postponement or something, he'd be on the first rattler up to, up to Sheffield trying to see a game. He's a massive, massive Sheffield United fan. Um, he'd have dreamed of this from you know all of his life this moment he paid for the club obviously but not with any particular success he was kind of the deputy right back for about five years um, but he uh, for all of you know I'm not a huge fan of the bloke but he's undoubtedly a very very effective manager I think back in kind of September October time when it looked like he might get the sack after a poor start that would have really really upset him um, he'd have been terrified kind of shades of Allardyce in England he'd have been terrified the job he's been angling for all of his life was going to get away from him and I guess to an extent, I'm happy for him. Um, you know, this is something that he'll want to do. I, I, I think that he'll have serious ambitions of wanting to get Sheffield United back into the Premier League as well. Well, it'd be um, incredible if he if he does. That he's not managed at Championship level before, so you know, with all that that entails, we will keep an eye on things. Uh, a, a nice stat from at Stat Christian on Twitter was that uh, he was obviously promoted from League Two with Nottingham Forest on April the ninth uh, with with uh, <laughs> Northampton getting my ends mixed up uh, with Northampton last year on the 9th of April and this year uh, that was at Sixfields uh, and this year promoted at Sixfields with Sheffield United on the 8th of April so just an incredible incredible year and fair play to him in terms of stepping up to the championship do you think that they are well equipped for championship football if I had to put you on the spot and ask you how you think they'll do and what they need to do maybe in the summer to, to, to help cement that place in the second I think, year? I think they'll be okay. I think def- they've certainly got the quality and, and Wilder is someone who is A, happy to go out and get good players and, and you know he's not going to... Ne- he, he certainly won't just maintain faith in this squad. They will be very active over the summer. Um, I've, I've mentioned it before though and he is a manager who when it's going wrong can spiral. He's unbelievably stubborn. He doesn't really like anyone else getting involved in his selection. He doesn't really... I, th- I think he... He hasn't, I don't think they have a, an, an analytics team. I think they're the only League One team without an analytics side. He's never liked analytics. No, and but this, that could end up really, um, you know, going against him because he's going into a league now where a lot of money is spent on ensuring that that these teams are playing to the best of their ability. And I know Chris Wilder certainly thinks that his eyes are better than any number or any spreadsheet can 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 sort out. And I guess we're going to find that out. Um, I've watched um, Chris Wilder's teams when they're not playing very well over a couple of seasons 
and he very quickly fell out with the fans. Um, you know, he was once called the Messiah, and I think he's now not welcome anywhere near Oxford. Uh, he's a prickly person, but at the same time, I think that's half of his of his strength. I think I'm sure the players don't like to cross him. Um, I think he rules with fear rather than the kind of than, than camaraderie or, or respect. But that's obviously effective, and he a lot of players such as Jake Wright have, have you know have paid for him at a variety of clubs, which shows that you know he obviously does something right. Um, and you can't argue, you know, he's got promoted from three different leagues now with three different teams, and good on him. I, I, th- I think he'll he'll give it a great go next season. Um, but I just do I do fear that if the wheels start falling off, they fall off rather quickly. Jake Wright, did you know another stat from Stats Christian on Twitter, who just churns out some absolute gold? Jake Wright is now unbeaten in his last in his last thirty four appearances. 28 for Sheffield United and 6 for Oxford United. I don't even know how you start to like even check that, but a good stat. Well huge, done, Jake Wright. Huge loss for Oxford, him. Mm-hmm. Letting him go in the summer was a massive mistake. Absolutely. Well, I think that, you know, he, he's, a, he's a, a good person to mention here because it is fair to say, I think, that they were a massively, have been and are a massively stacked team for mm-hmm. League One level, just looking at the team that they have. Um, Billy Sharp, obviously, winning player of the season last night and said in his speech he basically said something to the, to the effect of you know I, I just I just have to wait for the ball to come to me and just stick it in the net um, but the likes of John Fleck who he described as the best player in the league um, are just really looking forward to seeing how they do at the next level they definitely will need to strengthen this squad is is very strong for league one level but I, I don't see it this exact squad being a, a top half championship team certainly so There'll need to be some, some, some clever recruitment. But the very fact that in January they were able to essentially pillage uh, the other teams in their division for their best players or, or some of their best players, Jay O'Shea, Samir Carruthers, uh, uh, James Hansen and, and, uh, and Clark had joined earlier on as well. I mean, they've, they've just been stacked. But also, if, if you look at the strikers they've got on their books, obviously we've mentioned Sharp, but in, in Mark McNulty, Calden Lavery and Leon Clark, those are three of the best strikers in the league. Mm. <laughs> Those are three strikers that would literally walk into any other League One team and happily. And Hansen. Yeah. I mean, Hansen is playing, he, he generally plays alongside Sharp, but the, yeah. the other three are basically periphery figures. Yeah. Um, especially, Lavery is an absolutely superb player at that level. You like him, do uh, And he comes off the bench for 20 minutes here yeah. and there, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a fantastic achievement what Chris Wilde has done there, but their squad has come through the best in the league, and I think they spent the most money in the league by far as well so yeah. Yeah, and, and anything enough. shorter would have been would have been an underachievement fair enough Bolton suffered defeat at Scunthorpe Scunthorpe just just trying to stabilise themselves for the playoffs really and they've got four games to do it I think in their last three they play Swindon Chesterfield and Coventry the current bottom three so um, they they should they will certainly be making the playoffs Scunthorpe and, and Hopefully for them, they can recapture or at least get close to some of that early season form when they really were very, very good. Um, but as it is, Millwall moved into the playoffs. Uh, they got a draw. Uh, uh, Southend suffered defeat. So Millwall it is in there. With four games to go, we're looking at Fleetwood v Millwall and Bradford v Scunthorpe in our uh, semi-finals. That would be a, a pretty exciting... Um, those are pretty exciting matchups. Yeah, you? I mean, there's... there's... A Bradford Millwall final at Wembley would be a hell of a spectacle. Mm. I mean, those are two clubs with serious, serious fan bases. And we saw in the Oxford Coventry game in the Checker Trade Trophy, we saw that 75 odd thousand people. And I think we can be sure that with Millwall and Bradford, if they were to come into town for the playoff final, two huge clubs who, who 
you know, really should be playing in the championship at least. Um, I think we'd see close to a sellout there, which would be mm. amazing for a League One, League One player final. Absolutely, and and a word for Millwall, who last night won the Family Club of the Year at the EFL Awards, and I thought that was that was interesting. There is a, a reputation that precedes them, um, that is uh, that is widely known, uh, but uh, the work that they do to to uh, to capture the young young families and fans, and to uh, to engage with them and to entertain them on a match day. Uh, is is really really impressive and goes pretty underreported. So yeah. a real um, nod towards that. Uh, it's not it's not sure that they will be the sixth uh, the sixth team, the sixth place team, the fourth playoff team. Um, Southend obviously with a better goal difference uh, and one point behind them. And Bristol Rovers, you feel, are just not quite uh, not quite consistent enough to make it in this year. But you know, on their trajectory, could well be someone to look out for next season down at the bottom George there's a, a huge weekend coming up obviously we've got two rounds of fixtures over the Easter weekend and uh, you know by the time we talk next week things could be things could be a lot clearer because well there's two ways of, of looking at this firstly Chesterfield and Coventry both got wins uh, on the weekend and last week last week you said that if Coventry won out um, then they could probably stay up. But yeah, but I'm lost. not sure they would. Even well, no, they, they, they lost to Sheffield United the next day. They did. I forgot about that. Anyway, so that was a that was a shame. But you're 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 keen to to get on board with them, even if they get relegated, as long as Mark Robin stays. Is that right? If Robin stays, I think that they'll be very very good next season. I mean, I know there's some serious issues off the field, um, but so long as he's backed to the extent that he can assemble something of a squad together, I think at that level he, I. Don't think there's many people better, really. Um, and he's sometimes places, you know, clubs and managers just fit. And he obviously had really, really good success there in a very, very short stint uh, a few years ago. I think about five years ago, before he he left quite quickly. But what he did there was very good. And I, and it feels like maybe they're just a good fit. You know, he understands the club, and he's and he's got this group of players who, you know, two months ago were completely helpless, and he's got them purring. Mm. Um, he's brought a, a trophy to commentary for the first time in so long. Um, and you really feel like they've got to try and move heaven and earth to keep him. Um, you know that 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 win against Peterborough on Saturday was no surprise. Uh, and I did think to myself, if I was twenty fourth in the table and playing a game to secure my or to at least prolong my uh, my presence in this division, then I think I think Peterborough at home would be the game I'd choose. Yeah, they're just I don't know what it is about that Peterborough team. And apologies to any Peterborough fans who feel positively about their team but I really don't like I, I just don't I don't, don't like you. I don't trust them <laughs> yeah you know, I'm, I'm normally talking from the point of view of someone who looks you know for teams to put in their accumulator on the weekend and Peterborough are the worst team I for think, that I think they've got a very soft soft middle basically yeah. um, they're a bit of a soft touch and again I'm surprised the manager's last as long as he has done and I think he could be one who uh, he'll be showing the door quite soon yeah absolutely Swindon are, are, are continuing to show sort of signs of of a uh, fight, they are not done yet. That's for sure. Uh, no real sign. I don't think of Tim Sherwood around the place. No. Um, we we more or less predicted. I think when uh, when he was appointed, if that's the right word, that in a few months' time he would basically not be doing anything. Um, so credit to Luke Williams for 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 improving results recently under very difficult circumstances. That late equaliser against MK Dons, you know, only represented one point, but uh, represented a, a little bit more. I think in terms of mentality and in terms of positive positivity 
Port Vale lost to Chesterfield, and that is really, really makes things pretty dangerous for them. We're just starting to get them catching up games-wise, so we can we can take a, a, a more clear look at the table. But everything is unclear because Port Vale are, are in the last relegation spot with 45. Above them, Gillingham, Shrewsbury and Berry all on 46, and Oldham just two above them on, on 48. That, there's an argument for all of those teams to be the ones to go down. There really are some very poor teams yeah, in this well, division. I, I'm, I'm drawing the line under under Oldham. I think they'll be fine. I think they're... Their form in recent weeks has been much improved, and I think on the trajectory they're on, I'd be very, very surprised if if, if they get caught. Um, but certainly, Berry uh, are a team who, after such a good turnaround from Lee Clark, it seems like they've they've fallen away again. And quite um, predictable, I think. Yeah, and um, uh, you know they they weren't conceding goals, and I think people hoped that it was just they'd sort of sorted the defence out, but I think it was just a, a run of games where they were okay, and actually they're still not very good. Um, Gillingham are just flying down the table. An even worse defence, Gillingham. They've conceded the most goals in the league. Yeah. Um, I, I still think Swindon will probably stay up. I just think they're having... I mean, it's, it's, they're running out of time, but having a Beaker and a Jose, um, it's just a partnership that worked last season, yeah. and it's a partnership that's working again now, and they seem to bring the best out of each other. Um, if Tim Sherwood was at all involved in getting Nikia Jose back uh, in January on loan, then uh, let's give him some credit. If he if he was, I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if his, right. His normal mo is is a Spurs youth player on loan. So I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if Tim Sherwood knows now who Nikia Jose is. <laughs> <laughs> well, whoever it was can take a lot of credit, especially if Swindon stay up, because uh, a few weeks ago it looked to me like they. We're basically not going to have nearly enough for the fight, but they are showing some Let's hope fight. they do stay up as well. Go back to the country round next season for round round eight. <laughs> round eight, indeed. Um, moving down to League Two, George, same as we did with Sheffield United. An ode to Doncaster from NTT20 Pod, please. You don't have to write it in rhyming couplets. Um, very, very good, isn't it? Yeah. Just Darren Ferguson. Again, we've said it before, but credit to the to the kind of the, the, the people in charge of that club for keeping the faith in their manager and backing their man to get it right the first time around. And he has, it's been no frills, um, very just kind of workman like they're, they're not pulling up any trees with their performances necessarily. They just win fairly comfortably every week, mm. um, playing functional football with a settled eleven, um, the likes of Marquis and Coppinger at the centre of it. Um and good on them. And, and they're a team, you know, it happens quite often in the EFL but sometimes teams just need a relegation in order to get back on track. Yeah. And you feel like they're going to be a lot, lot stronger in League One next season on the back of a, a promotion season than they would have done scraping around the bottom of, bottom of League One. They'll be mm. able to attract a good calibre of player to build on what they've already got. Um, and I think that if they're in, the, in League One now, they'd probably be comfortably in the table. Yeah, there's a lot of talent in the squad and they had a fantastic evening at the awards last night. Um, obviously, on the back of, of what I hope to have been huge celebrations on Saturday and Darren Ferguson said in his post-match interview you know don't get me wrong we are going to celebrate this properly um, and uh, and then they won well they won pretty much everything it seemed they won the player in the community award for Andy Butler for the work that he does they the, one of their fans won fan of the year a chap called Paul Mayfield um, and also John Marquis was league two player of the year and, and the form of of Marquis has been one of the really major sort of success stories of the EFL this season. Definitely, and he's someone who's always threatened to, to catch fire. I mean, he's had prolific loan spells and then barren, barren droughts mm. kind of either side of them. Um, and I think finally he's now got a home. You know, he's, he's not on a loan anymore. He's, he's settled at, at, at Donny. And I think we can be pretty sure that he'll lead the line for the next season as well. He didn't get the memo about the uh, dress code last night, which was lounge suits. 
Uh, he rocked up with a with a bow tie on. To be fair, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's just his suit. Looked very very smart, but not not quite in adherence to the policy. <laughs> uh, anyway, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna say anything to his face about that. Um, uh, well done to Donny. Um, elsewhere, more wins for Portsmouth and Plymouth. They are uh, they are pulling away now uh, from the chasing pack, and we basically know our three. Uh, promoted teams from League Two already <laughs> changed the record. Ali, uh, moving down, looking at the playoffs, it was not a good week for a number of those teams. It's so tight down there, but it was a great week for Luton Town, who got a last-minute winner uh, or a late winner at least against Barnet. Not that late, 67th minute, um, and uh, fair play to them because you know the loss of McGeehan has been terrible for them really, and they did struggle for a few weeks, but they seem to have got themselves how, back into form and I could see them finishing fourth now. How far down do we look for playoff hopes? Well, Colchester? It's, it's in, what, no, I think you go further. So so the state of play for listeners who haven't got a league table in front of them like we do, uh, Luton are, are fourth on 66, then Stevenage and Exeter and Carlisle all lost on the weekend. Uh, all varying degrees of worrying defeat. Stevenage lost 4-0 with two commonly owned goals, perhaps a la uh, Reading, getting them out of the way before the, the, the playoffs. Uh, Exeter lost to Newport, who we will touch on later, and Carlisle just continue to be really, really quite miserable, losing at home to Notts County. But then below the playoff places, two points below Carlisle are Blackpool, Cambridge and Colchester, all on 60. Wickham on 59, and Accrington and Mansfield on 58. I am not going to, at this stage, rule out Accrington certainly, given their insane momentum, yeah. and uh, and Mansfield, I mean they're on the same point, so I can't rule them out. But you know they're they're going in a slightly different direction. I, I'm I'm not saying Stanley will make it in, but they are putting together a serious run. And also the, the manner of their win on Saturday, two 0 down at half time to Crew, uh, and what well, I suppose they're local rivals, aren't they as well? Yeah. And uh, and to bring that back and win three two shows a team that a is kind of full of belief. Full of momentum, and uh, they'll fancy their chances. You're yeah. right. It feels a bit like Carlisle are um, uh, 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 someone swimming in the sea who's just cut their leg, and there are sharks circling because it, it just with their form and with the amount of teams below them just waiting for them to to, to lose another game. It, it seems impossible that. To, to for me to imagine that they will make it into the playoffs. I think, I think that sounds like it should be your first um, article on the on the site, shouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, <I'll>, the Carlisle <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> I'm going to give an animal metaphor for each of the uh, EFL clubs coming soon on mtt20.com. Uh, a very damaging defeat for Blackpool, which will uh, have been really disappointing for them at home to Grimsby Town. Nice segue, Ali, because the breaking news from today. Grimsby Town, parting company, sacking Marcus Bignett. Uh, what a lovely guy he is. Bit disappointed about this one. Yeah, no, it's, it's a shame, but I've spoken to a Grimsby fan or two who, who, who seemed to think it was the right thing to do. I mean, you, you can be a good bloke, you know, you can send videos to fans and taking the mickey out of them going to see their girlfriend. You can go and apologise to fans after you lost 5-0, but you, you've just lost 5-0 yeah. um, the timing is a bit strange I guess with the, with the win coming mm. on the weekend but I suppose if you made a decision there's no point hanging around you may as well you know, cut the cord now um, I'm sure that he'll be Solihull Moore's manager uh, as he was again very very shortly well they could do with one having lost 9-0 on the weekend uh, um, he won nine, 9 games out of his 27 um, they're currently 14th in League 2 he will he will claim in fact I will claim on his behalf that when the history books 
um, talk of Marcus Bignett. Uh, let's have an asterisk in there because losing Omar Bogle was huge. He was one of the best players in the division. Really big. I think it's just the inconsistency that that's really they've really suffered with. I mean, their away form has generally generally been very very poor, and they go out and put out results like they did on the weekend. Mm. Um, he talked about how he's a kind of pragmatic coach who, who likes to build from the back. Yet yeah, they've conceded kind of three or more goals on, on multiple occasions mm. recently. Mm. Um, they do seem to have somewhat lost the momentum of their promotion. Obviously, that they're safe now, but it's a case of if they didn't trust him to, to, to get the right players in in the summer, then it's just a waste of time keeping him. Yeah. And you have to wonder maybe they've got someone else lined up for the job. Um, it'll be interesting to see because again, they're a team who. Who, whilst they've only come up from the National League this season, I, I know they're very ambitious and they certainly see themselves as being, as their rightful place being up around the Championship. So, you know, League Two uh, consolidation may be okay this season, but next year they'll be really hoping to push on and, and get towards the top of the table. And they obviously didn't see Bignett as the man to do that. I don't think the fans are shedding too many tears no. about this. There was a lot of angry tweets over the weekend about the fact that he was that he had four centre-backs in the starting eleven, so um, that seems slightly at odds with his playing out from the back approach. I don't know whether he... he sort I, of I, decided... I, can't, I can't get more building from the back, I think, as in terms right. of just, just being defensively pragmatic okay. rather than... Right, so he's sort of... The, he, he tried to pulis it, really, Defense and it's not, it's not yeah. really worked. And, um, and there are reports uh, that it was unrest in the dressing room as well that played a major part in his sacking. So if the fans are, are, are more or less against you and the players don't like you, then... Yeah. Uh, Perhaps not, not, uh, not something we can get too riled up about. Now, Newport County are alive, George. They are alive and well. Last week, I made something of a, of a point uh, to, to big up Mike Flynn. I don't know if he goes by Michael or Mike, but I'm calling him Mike Flynn. So you should as well. Um, at Newport. He's mates with Thierry Henry, did their badges together, and he's doing an unbelievable job at attempting to keep Newport County in the Football League against all odds. Um, this game was delayed at away at Exeter, delayed for 45 minutes. They got stuck on the M5 um, and Tom Owen Evans, um, I can't believe it was his first goal in senior football because I think he's played quite a lot, but he's a, he's a Newport youngster. He's come through the youth system and it was a brilliant goal. They are three points behind Hartlepool. They are certainly a shark and Hartlepool have got a cut on their leg. Yeah, I think I think that's spot on. I think that that Cheltenham goal as well, the, the late equaliser at Wickham, um, is huge for them because they're really in amongst it as well. Um, it would be incredible if Newport can stay up from here. It really would be. I mean, I think they were they were completely adrift. I think I, I think the whole of you know the, the management of every League Two team is praying they go down because that pitch is a nightmare. Mm. The constant postponements are a nightmare. Frankly, they're, they're in the middle of nowhere compared to other uh, football league clubs. Mm. Um, so I think that, you know, um, uh, chairman across the country will be very happy to see Newport drop out. But they've obviously got this spirit and um, mm. they're another team who you can't really see pressing on. You, you, I can't see them challenging towards the top end of the table anytime soon. But Well, they struggle for resources. I mean, the, the pitch is a massive issue and they don't, they don't get anything from the ground either because no. they don't own it. So it, it's very difficult for them. Yeah. They, sold a, um, they sold a young player, I think he's called Regan Poole, to Man United last, at the start of last season. Um, and I guess they've just got to hope that he ends up being a superstar and they get, they get lots uh, of a cut of the sell-on fee when he goes to Real Madrid in, uh, yeah. in five years' time. But Perfect. That is not looking that likely at the moment. I think realistically, George, they probably need another ooh, eight points to take them to 45. Oh, God. Uh, eight points would take them to 47. 
Uh, Hartlepool, for context, are on 42. Um, so that's assuming that Hartlepool only get four points until now, at the end of the season. They've got Yeovil at home on Friday, and they will be very fired up for that one. Yeovil yeah. showing absolutely no signs of, of any interest in playing football at the moment. No. Uh, a lot of murmurings, uh, anti-Darren Way murmurings, at least from the, the, the Yeovil fans that we follow on the NTT20 account. Uh, and Plymouth away on Easter Monday. Plymouth, we know, have got it in them to lose home games against teams in the bottom half of the table. So, you know, it's it's, uh, it's something to keep an eye on, uh, the Football League fan. Just keep an eye on Newport County. Ian McIntosh actually wrote a fantastic piece about Newport County a few weeks ago. He went up and, and spent the day there. Uh, I can't remember who they played that day. Uh, and wrote a, a brilliant piece on, on the club and the, the atmosphere around the place. Uh, so I massively recommend that for, for reading. And then I'm sure, like me, you will be fully paid up member of the Mike Flynn fan club. And talking of recommending... Yeah? Uh, just one last, just before we end, one last note on the site, um, www.ntt20.com. You know, just have a look at it. And if you like it, it mean a lot to us. Just, you know, if you know someone or a few people who, who support a, a League Two team or a League One team or a Championship team or just are interested... Just send them a text. Just, just tell them to have a look at it. Um, there'll be some really, really good stuff on there. Um, I'm going to be very proud of what I put on there, so I'm going to make sure that the content is very good. Um, I'll be working on it really hard, so if people can just just have a look, and, and if you like it, then then keep coming back. Absolutely. Same as always with the podcast. Uh, we, we said we were ramping things up a few weeks ago, and we're, we're very much in the midst of that. The last few podcasts have gone down very well, and we'd love for that to continue. So if you've enjoyed this particular piece of audio content then please do share uh, same with George please feel free to recommend us to anyone that you think doesn't know about us yet we're getting the word out there but there's a lot of people still uh, still to enjoy the fruits of uh, NTD20 and uh, and we'll we'll catch you next time as uh, after the Easter weekend we'll be really really we'll be there's a lot that's going to happen, basically, and we will be talking about it as we do. So, um, yeah, please join us uh, next time, and, uh, and thank you, as always, for listening.